The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Biden. Firearms Friday. Oh, baby, you know what day it is. It is Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature. Right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. And this is your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com. Hello. How are you this morning? Are you ready to go? Man, it is a blistering 24 degrees outside the house right now. Supposed to get up to just above freezing here what a difference 10 days makes, huh? What a difference t- 10 days make. I mean, it's uh, it's getting crazy out there. Uh, looks like 40 degrees down in Homer um, is what Greg is just saying. And hopefully uh, warming up for everybody else in other parts of the world as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, just <clears throat> very, 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 very nice to uh, have a little bit of... Uh, have a little bit of that stuff uh, uh, warm up, and and so we feel all kinds of better about everything. Uh, all right, well let's uh, let's get started here uh, with get with the rundown of what's uh, what you can expect for today on the program. Um, we are going to be covering a bunch of uh, interesting stories that are uh, up and around. The most interesting one, possibly, in my opinion is the Supreme Court of Hawaii, which has insisted uh, that there is no individual right to bear arms. In fact, the state uh, and the court is openly contemptuous of the Supreme Court ruling in Bruin and in others in the decision. It basically says that um, the Supreme Court was wrong and we're going to do what we want to do. I mean, this is, uh, and oh, and by the way, in direct violation of their own state constitution, which mirrors the Second Amendment of the United States word for word. I mean, there is some mental gymnastics going on here. And uh, we're gonna give the we're gonna go through this. Uh, Jacob Sullivan from Reason Magazine's got an article up uh, with all the details, and we're going to go through that later on uh, in this hour, and we will uh, continue that discussion. Uh, all right. So what else? Uh, what else we got going on here? Um, we got stories about um, gun sensitivity language being discussed at a Utah university. How we have to be more sensitive. We have to be sensitive. 
to that kind of stuff. Uh, we got some laws that uh, we got some stories about how useless some laws are. Gun laws, protection orders, things like that. We've got a couple of stories that covers that. Um, in light of the fact that we have our own bill uh, that's going through our, our legislature right now that would allow teachers to be armed in the classroom if they choose to do so and if they pass the if they if they get the certified training and do all that stuff. Um, we've got a argument coming out of uh, Nebraska. That just makes no sense whatsoever against that kind of stuff. And, uh, oh, somebody's doubling down on Joe Biden, uh, on Joe Biden's comments um, from the just just fire shotgun through a closed door. We'll talk about that as well. There's some there's some interesting stuff. And I guess I should have started off with this. And we'll take your phone calls. Because I turned the phone lines on early this morning, and so there you go. Um, we are ready to go. We're going to take some uh, – we'll take your phone calls this morning on anything that um, – anything that you want to talk about related to firearms and the Second Amendment and, uh, and more and more and more. Uh, so – it should be a uh, it should be a interesting oh and then in hour two I'm, that was just hour one I'm sorry that's that was just hour one in hour two we'll also be joined by Top Shot Chris Chang and uh, Willie Waffle for our weekend reeking movie review yep, that's that's what's gonna be. We're going to do that. The weekend movie and entertainment review. It's all good stuff. So, whew, man, that was a, that was a, a, that was, that was quite the, quite the deal. You guys ready to rock and roll? Shall we dive into it? Shall we get, shall we get started? What story should we start with? I mean, that's the question. What story should we start with? There's so many different ones here. Uh, we're going to hold this Hawaii story here till later in the hour. Um, and then I imagine we'll take it over the top, uh, and do the, the last segment and first segment. So a couple segments on it. Um, what, um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this, this, this language. We've talked about this many times on the show that capturing the language, um, has a, you know, that there, there is some kind of insidious stuff that can happen here. Uh, I mean, because words, you know, words are important, but if you, um, but if you try to deceive or you try and flip the script on what a word means, or you try and corral people's language and force them to, uh, to make changes based on shaming them over a certain ver word choice or, you know, something like that. That's it's problematic. But I mean, the left has been doing this for a long time. They've been taking control of the language and making certain words, uh, you know, no go word. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Well, <clears throat> according to Tom Knighton over at uh, Bearing Arms, there is another run at this going on right now. Uh, a workshop in Utah Valley University seeks to not only 
stigmatize, I mean, because anti-gunners try to stigmatize gun ownership, right? I mean, that's part of the whole thing. They want to shame you for wanting to own a firearm. That's what they want. They want to shame you for that. Well, a workshop at the Utah Valley University seeks to stigmatize gun-related words and phrases. The UVU School of Art Inclusion Committee. Wait, let me let me restart that. This is from the BYU. This is from the BYU paper. The UVU School of Arts Inclusion Committee hosted a dialogue on inclusion about gun-related language on Thursday, January 25th. Steve Rimke, assistant professor of voice and speech at Utah Valley University led the discussion to encourage students to rethink how they speak. He focused the discussion on gun-related language that had become casual parts of people's vocabulary. He said, my initial goal with this workshop is not to finger wag or scold you, but just simply bring awareness to it. Now, that's usually your first bad sign that what he's really doing is finger wagging and scolding you while trying to say, I'm just pointing it out. Right. I mean, this is, this is just <clears throat> that's you. When they bring that up at first, that means, you know, when nobody else brought it up and he does, he is finger wagging and scolding you. Following the COVID-19 pandemic, gun-related deaths have increased in the U.S. to record highs, according to the Pew Research Center. Although, there's another story out talking about the historic drop in homicides last year. How it went up during COVID, but now, but was on a was on a downward trajectory, like a downward 50-year trajectory before before COVID. COVID spiked it, and now it's down back to its historic trajectory again. But, I mean, I digress. I digress. Sorry. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the uh, gun-related words. Following COVID, gun-related deaths have increased in the U.S. to record highs, according to Pew. More students <clears throat> have been exposed to gun violence and have sensitivity related to it, prompting the discussion. I could do better. I could really take care of what I'm saying to other people just because we don't really know what kind of backgrounds everyone comes from, says McKenna Ashby, a UVU musical theater student from South Jordan. Rather than proposing substitute language, Rimke showed a list of firearms-related words in everyday vernacular to make his audience more aware of their language. He said, my personal belief is that becoming aware of words is the first step one can take to bridge empathy and understanding. He added that he preferred for students to create their own substitutes because of their individual agency and creativity. I mean, this, this, I just, can you just feel it? Can you feel it? So, I mean... What's the big deal, right? I mean, do we really use that many firearm-related phrases in our day-to-day -day life? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends. Um, you know, somebody says, can I ask you a question? You say, shoot, uh, you know, um, you know, the words bullet points. I mean, I say that all the time when I'm talking about, can we, you know, talking to a client, can you send me some bullet points that I can work? Well, he emphasized the importance of directionality with violent language. 
directionality. Using the word bullet points as example, the word bullet has a negative connotation, but the term isn't pointed in a certain direction. Conversely, a phrase such as, they shot down my idea, feels more targeted and could be easily replaced with... First of all, if you're talking about, I got shot down or they shot down my idea, that's not a gun thing per se. That's like a fighter pilot thing, right? I mean, that not that whenever I think that, you know, oh, he got shot down. Doesn't that sound like, to me, I've always considered that to be, I don't picture somebody with a shotgun blasting something out of the air. I picture the Red Baron swooping in and, you know, I mean, this is not a gun thing per se. Anyway, sorry. The thing is, both of these phrases have been used for generations, and we all know that Somebody saying they shot my idea down doesn't mean it has nothing to do with danger or anything else. But it seems that Rimke, for all his claims about not wagging fingers, remember what I said earlier, is still wagging fingers trying to police our language. Awareness is just the first step, Rimke said. Action follows awareness to create a safer environment. He invited students to think for themselves what their next step should be. What next steps do you feel we can do to make space, to make spaces more equitable and safer regarding the use of violent language? What? The vi- None of these words make anybody less safe. None of the usages that are described in this article make any of these students less safe. Well, they may feel less safe. They may, but feelings are not facts. There is nothing like, this is, I mean, oh my God, it's just, uh, this is the kind of stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Um, David Strom, who writes for Hot Air, had a piece out on Tuesday talking about this feeling of being safe. Uh, And he said, feeling safe from opposing points of view is antithetical to the purpose of universities. As long as the issue is speech conveyed in a conversation and not used specifically to threaten or intimidate, the proper remedy for sharing bad opinions is countering them with better ones. Which is a nicer way of saying what I've always said, which is, you know, the best answer to speech you don't like is more speech. Like, if somebody says something you disagree with, then you disagree with them more. All this, though, is beside the point universities aren't actually interested in making anybody feel safe psychologically or otherwise. They simply use the safety argument to sort out speech they like from that they don't. That anybody claims that Ben Shapiro makes them feel unsafe is absurd, yet he has been attacked relentlessly as making people feel unsafe. Um Uh, David Strom says, my sister could punch harder than he and BG could knock me out. Now Chris Rufo could probably do the same. But last I checked, he's yet to punch a protester. Students for Justice in Palestine is latching on to the safety argument in a way that only censors on college campuses have in recent years. It's a complete crap and everyone knows it. Safety is one of those words that have been redefined by critical theorists and it means exactly and only what they want it to mean, which again is another capturing of the language. This is what we're talking about. Oh, you shouldn't use those kind of words. Uh, you know, do we have a target goal? Oh, you said target. 
Well, I mean, I mean, do we have a market target for no? Do we have a do we have an annual? Do we you know? Should we? <laughs> Let's reload this program. Oh, don't say reload. I mean, but I want that you know. Shoot. Oh, don't say that. All these things that you're not spot. I mean, at one point, one of these snowflakes is just going to burst into flames because you said something in just in passing that's been said for years. I, I mean, at what point is somebody just going to, you know, the head just going to explode from the fear? I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. All right. Hey, um, don't blame me for your fear. That's the only thing you have control of. You need to control you, baby. All right, we got more coming up. Hour one continues. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Chris Chang, Willie Waffle in hour two. Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. Back with more right after this. Every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, where was I? Where was I? Um, yeah. So she's saying that these words need trigger warnings. Exactly. These words need trigger warnings. Oh my God, you said trigger. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, bang your head. Oh, you said bang. Um, oh my gosh. All right. Um, but, but, but states rights, Brian says about the Hawaiian thing. But there's the, the but, but, but the supremacy clause. I mean, if they make this argument, then I guess that means that income tax is dead, right? I mean, if that's the thing, if the supremacy clause doesn't apply, then I guess income tax is dead. We just don't need to, don't worry about it. Don't worry about filing your taxes this year. Um, should UA be a gun-free zone even though it's public property? Well, first of all, it'll never be a gun-free zone if I'm there. Second of all, I don't think it should be a gun-free zone, even if it is public property. The library's public property. I mean, all these other places are public property. Uh, most places, aside from schools, uh, you know, brick K through 12 schools, it's, uh, you know, but I don't know what university policy even is anymore. I, I, don't, I don't think that they allow, I think you can carry, con, well, don't take my word for it. I believe you can carry concealed if you're visiting campus, but the students are not allowed to uh, have a firearm in their dorm or in their residence or whatever. It's kind of kooky. It's kind of kooky. All right. I has sensitivities. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, this is very sensitive. I'm so sensitive about this. Oh, I feel, I feel old. Um, don't they teach the three R's anymore? Uh, the magic of twisted thinking says, uh, Greg, 
Yeah. <laughs> Brian says, ye gads, fighter planes are weapons of war. Oh, I asked her out to dance, but she shot me down. <laughs> go to guns, go to guns. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, just stop using pronouns, says Jeannie. That'll fix everything. Uh, riding shotgun. Yeah, d- that's another one. Hot air is still a thing. Yeah, they've got some stuff out there. They've got some. They're a sister site with bearing arms and a couple other places. Town Hall is another one. Um, isn't safety a gun word? Well, possibly. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. My new hoodie. My dog ate my pronouns. He, she, it, everywhere. Um, Uh, yeah, remember the whole kerfluffle with targets when Palin was running when they had these targets of the areas that she was going to focus on in the country for, you know, to run. And it was like, you're, you're trying to kill us. You painted a target on our city. You want to kill us all. Oh yeah. I mean, wait, um, wait, play that clip again. Did you get that out of a magazine? That triggers me. Uh, my pronouns are okay. Okay. All right. There you go. That's it right there. You guys are in rare form this morning. Oh, oh man. My back is better, but still out. It's like, I want to take a muscle relaxer. Followed by a chaser of 12-year-old scotch. That will fix it right up. I won't be able to drive, but it'll be fantastic. All right, you guys ready to go? Let's, uh, let's, let's, get, let's get on with this here. Hour two coming up. Hour one continues. The Michael Duke Show. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do this thing. Only 11 of you have liked it. Why don't you like me? You guys are going to give me a complex. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Man, you just don't even think about all the times you use all these words. Uh, I mean, it just made me recoil when I think that... Oh, wait, I can't use that one. Sorry, I can't use that word either. Should I play that clip again? Oh, no, I used the word clip. Um, I can't use that. I'm so triggered. I can't use the word triggered because that's a... Uh, Sorry. (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Um, anyway, it's uh, you just you don't think about it. How many words have double meaning and and could be, uh, you know, misread as gun words, you know, um, and uh, you could trigger the apocalypse. You could seriously trigger the apocalypse if you keep using gun words like that. <clears throat> 
But Donna did make a valid point. She goes, isn't safety a gun word? True. I mean, there is some truth. There is some truth to that. Safety is a gun word. So is squib. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to continue on here uh, with some of the other stories that are going on around. But this this story uh, about the uh, uh, the university uh, at trying to capture the language, it just it just angers me because, again, you've got a bunch of youthful minds full of mush who really haven't been taught accurate thought, analytical thinking or anything else. Um, I mean, they've barely been taught how to read at this point as high school graduates now going into college and they're going into art school of all places. Now, what really hurts me is that the guy who's talking about this is the professor of voice and speech, uh, which means he's in my profession, right? Voice work, voice and speech. I mean, it's, it's speaking diction voiceover. I mean, this is kind of the whole stuff. This pinhead, this guy is, it just, you know, anyway, I'm done with that. I just, I, but I wanted to, I just wanted to point it out to you. I just wanted to point it out to you. Um, all right. We got some other stories. Where was, where the hell is my, there it is right there. Uh, I got another story I want to talk about here where everybody's, you know, the worst, dumbest reason for an assault weapons ban since Biden's idiotic shotgun suggestion. We're going to talk about that, but I do have a call on hold, so we'll go to the phones first and see what you guys have to say. 907-433-3150, let's uh, go over here and see what uh, what's on your mind. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Larry in North Pole, Fairbanks area. Hello, Larry. What's on your mind this morning, my friend? Um, listening to your program yesterday... You were giving kudos to a politician on this um, um, PS, um, the, the 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 military guys having a, a PTSD. Right. The uh, and yeah, you're talking about I, the you're talking about the use of psychedelics to treat PTSD and depression in uh, in veterans with PTSD. Correct. Yes. Okay, I've got a friend of mine that 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 was over there and had this problem, and he went to the hospital and and he went to the went went through the system, and they came and took all his guns away because he admitted he had PTSD. They came and took his guns away from him. Right. You might want to check into that before check the check into that before you give so many kudos to this guy. Oh well, look, I, this it, type of okay. Uh, so first and foremost, all I said was congratulations to this guy for bringing this forward that they were talking about legalizing psychedelics for the use and treatment of PTSD and other things. I find it horrific, and this has been a problem with the VA for a long time. This is not strictly an issue related to psychedelics or anything else. There have been soldiers who have lost uh, their rights to keep and bear arms because they were suffering from PTSD, but didn't want to bring it forward because they knew that if they said they were suffering and they wanted to seek treatment, that they could potentially lose their right to keep and bear arms, which is a... I mean, that is a horrific thing. One has nothing to do with the other. That's already happening right now, Larry. 
Yeah, I know. And this that my thought was that this uh, system is going to get more people to uh, admit that they've got PTSD, and then they're going to lose their rights. Um, I mean, I I would doubt that, but I mean, you know, look, I I think that it's a crying shame that you've got people who are actively avoiding treatment for something that they know they have because they're fearful of being, you know, of losing their rights. That's not right. I mean, that should not be the first step in all this kind of stuff. And it's, uh, you know, and, and that should be addressed as well. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be looking for the best treatment that we can offer for people um, who come forward. So, I mean, I, I, I think that they're kind of separate issues in that regard. But I agree with you. This is something that we've talked about on this show for 10 years. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'll let you go then, and um, and you have a good day, and I'll keep the radio on. All right. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you being part of the show today. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, for coming coming to talk with us today. I mean, look, this has been a huge issue for a long time. Is that people have been veterans, especially, have been very concerned about reporting instances of depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, you know, any kind of issue related to PTSD, because many of them have been afraid that they could potentially lose their gun rights forever, uh, simply for attaining some treatment that they needed in the course of their duties, in the course of their tour of duty or their, or their, uh, or their work or, or their, you know, their, what they did in the military. And I think that's, that's shattering. I mean, that is, that is so, so counterproductive that you would, you know, take away somebody's right to be able to defend themselves, their families, to be able to go out and enjoy the hunting and shooting sports, to be able to do all these things simply because somebody sought treatment for something wrong. I mean, that's just, that's, it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Um, but that being said, um, I think that this, uh, you know, that this, um, um, psychedelic, uh, issue that we're talking about bringing psychedelics and MDMA and other things onto the table, psilocybins, uh, as a potential for treatment, I think it's got, and, and there's some track record there to show that it's got some potential to fix some of that stuff. So anyway. It's uh, it's one of those things. But thank you, Larry, for the uh, for the phone call. Where was I? Where where was I? Um, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. My dad just commented in the chat room. Can't say Alec Alec Baldwin now. Oh shoot, we trigger our minds. Yeah, you can't use the word Alec Baldwin. I mean that. Now I get scared. That's now now that's a gun. Now that's a gun phrase. You can't say Alec Baldwin's name. Otherwise you get, you know, um, anyway, we were talking about, uh, president Biden's school of school of gun safety. I mean, it's hard to believe that you didn't realize it. it's been more than 10 years since Biden told Americans that you don't need an AR 15. You could just fire a shotgun through a closed door. If they thought somebody was trying to break in. I mean, that was the first Remember that. Remember that comment? That was that was you could just fire through the through the door. 
He was wildly mocked for that comment, but then he doubled down on it. Remember, then he told it, you know, he told his wife to walk outside their home and fire two blasts into the, if she ever thought that there was a problem. And then said a modern sporting rifles, uh, uh, rifles, more modern sporting rifles were more difficult to aim and use than a good old fashioned double barrel 12 gauge. <laughs> I've seen his wife. I'd like to see her pull both barrels on a shotgun at once versus an AR-15 over and over and over again. Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun. Remember, my friends, this is the same guy who said this. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. I mean, we, we all know that that's right. I mean, again, the same crew that... And we all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols, that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. What? Ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. Right? I mean, this is the advice that we're getting from the politicians who are writing our laws. If you have ever seen a gunman fire what looks like a machine gun with just one hand, that's what pistol braces allow you to do. I say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we're talking about. Okay, so anyway, this was <laughs> uh, how much time do I? I don't have much time left. Um, so you think that you know, with all the mockery that Biden got for all this stuff, you think that that any that any smart anti-gunner would not go to the same comparison. They just wouldn't do the same thing. But one state senator in Virginia who opposed a semi-auto ban just three years ago before flipping to become one of its major supporters is now channeling his inner Muppet, offering up his own justification, Senator Cray Deeds, which is just, sounds like a fake made-up name, doesn't it? Cray Deeds. Senator Cray Deeds is a Democrat from Charlottesville who says he rejects the idea that an assault weapon is needed for protection. A shotgun is liable to cause more noise and do more damage and is easier to control than an assault-style weapon that you lose control of once you pull the trigger. Who knows what you shoot up? Who knows how many of your own family members you hurt? I think there are other ways to protect one's property than with an assault weapon. Sure, there's plenty of ways. Pistols, rifles, shotguns, claymores, mortars, remote turrets. Tesla weapons. I've got all kinds of things that I can do to protect my property. But this guy, this guy, you know, it's easier to control than an assault-style weapon that you lose control of once you pull the trigger. What does he think this is, a fire hose? You pull the trigger once, it fires one bullet. How did you lose control? How did you lose control? I have questions. I have so many questions here. But apparently, I think, again, this is another one of those guys that just doesn't, he, he, he's never shot a gun in his life, obviously. Oh, I think a shotgun is much more, my shotgun is much more easier to control than an assault rifle. <laughs> Have you, do you even gun, bro? Do you even gun, bro? 
I mean, seriously, do you even? All right, we got to go. Hour two dead ahead. I got one line on hold. We'll take you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk about this Hawaii case because, oh, la, 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 la. We're going to be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Um, Let's go over to the phones and take their name and where they're calling from so that we can talk to them when we get back. Uh, Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Carly. In Kodiak. Hello, Carlene in Kodiak. Uh, hold the line, my dear. You will be first in the queue when we return. I just put you back on hold. So we'll be right back to you here. Don't go anywhere. Um, okay. Um, still can't get excited about guns, says Harold. They're just hunting tools or a good fishing pole or like a sharp knife. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think you're right. They're just a tool. Just a tool like any other. Um, more ARs in Anchorage than in the rest of the state. Uh, can we go with the nuclear option? Um, calling 911. Wait, call APD if you're having safety issues. Calling 911 should be your first option. I, you know, yeah, but when minutes count, the you know, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. You are your own first line of defense. I mean, you know, that we, yes, I agree. You need to call APD. You need to call 911. But you also need to be able to be prepared to defend yourself. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, any updates on the anti militia, anti training bill? Haven't heard anything else on it. Have not heard anything else on it since then. We have no police in Soldovia, says Chris, and the troopers don't like to come over. He's talking to Harold. I mean, again, you are your first line of defense. Where I live, I don't know about where Harold lives. I know he lives in Anchorage, I think he said. So he probably has police minutes away. If I called the troopers right now and said, I need somebody here, it would be 25 minutes before they got here. Easily. So, 25 minutes, uh, I'm on my all by my lonesome. What am I going to do if I really need help, if I really need protection? Yeah, I mean, that's that's where it is. Um, there you go. Uh, wow, these politicians are so smart, dude. My favorite. This is just my favorite one. And we all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols, that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. What? what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. 
I got a million of them, baby. I got a million of them. My the Tucker Carlson one with the with uh, McCarthy, Carolyn McCarthy, is still one of my absolute all time favorite. And I'm not a huge Tucker Carlson fan. I mean, I, I I've watched him from time to time and I like him, but this is back. This is back when he was baby Tucker. This is like 15, 20 years ago. And uh, when he asked Carolyn McCarthy about the, uh, you know, about the assault weapons ban, which is about to sunset, right? It's about to sunset. And uh, so that would have been 20 years ago because it's 2005, right? So 19 years ago. And he asked her, it's about to sunset. And he starts asking her questions about the assault weapons bill. And she can't, he asked her, what's this, what's a, what's a barrel shroud? What's a, what's a barrel What's a barrel shroud? In February, you introduced the Assault Weapons Ban and Law Enforcement Protection Act of 2007. It would regulate semi-automatic assault weapons, including weapons that have pistol grips, a forward grip, and something called a barrel shroud. Weapons with a barrel shroud would be regulated. What's a barrel shroud, and why should we regulate it? I think, I think the more important thing is that it also would have had banned the large capacity clips right. that Colin Ferguson had but used, I, and also uh, the killer. Okay. But I, I read, the, I read about, the legislation. I'm sorry, I read the legislation, and it said that it would regulate barrel shrouds. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate that? The guns that were chosen back in uh, in those days were basically the guns that most gangs and criminals were using to kill our, our police okay. officers. I'm not saying it was the best bill, but that okay. was the best do, bill do you know what get a barrel out at that particular is? time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud okay, is. I believe it's, in it's your a shoulder thing that goes up. I believe it's the sh- I actually don't know what a barrel shroud She goes on for 51 seconds pontificating about all this stuff, wandering around, you know, beating around the bush, just, you know, deflecting, obfuscating. And then when asked, do you actually know what a barrel shroud is? No, she didn't. No. Uh, man, it's, uh, it's one of those things. Um, I'm, pretty much a second amendment absolutist but i think people taking schools for anything taking should lock up their guns and give someone else the key until it's completely out of their system mdma2 remember the pilot who nearly brought the jet down these drugs are dangerous and shouldn't be mixed with firearms uh while i agree with (laughs) gotta go Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, I don't know, there's some kind of timing issue going on there, but we here we are. We're jumping back into it, ready to go. Uh, let's uh, let's go over to the phones. We got Carlene. She's called in from Kodiak, and I want to give her the chance to sound off before I get into a bunch of this other stuff. Uh, let's see what she has to say. Good morning, Carlene. What's on your mind, dear? Um. Yes. We had an incident that happened in Kodiak last summer. Um, a man shot off his elbow, 
and it was my best friend told me it was her good friend son he wore a holster and it wasn't secured he bent down and the gun hit the floor the ground whatever and uh, shot his elbow off so that was one story but we haven't had a chance to rebut the psychotropic issue um, I read the book tell your children the truth about marijuana mental illness and violence Alex Berenson one hour interviews on the Charlie Kirk show and um, also about the Alaska Airlines pilot that tried to stop the plane. He was depressed and was on mushrooms. And that's a big thing now. They, um, psychiatrists tried um, actually help you go through this kind of trip, this hallucinogenic drug trip. Right. And the the names for these drugs you know, or acid and LSD and mushrooms and ecstasy. And uh, on January 24th, uh, there was a senator that was talking in Oregon. They decriminalized drugs, but because of the violence and the deaths, they've recriminalized drugs even personal carry. So they're finding that uh, these experiments are failing. So I would well, do some I, research into... I would, let, me, let me say this, because I have done some research, Carlene. Um, and let me just say this. Your examples of, uh, for example, the airline pilot, um, he was not under a doctor's care. He may have been depressed and decided to try something, but that was not under supervision. That was not some kind of clinical trial where he was trying it. He went out and bought illegally obtained mushrooms and did it to himself. That's happened time and time and time again for various drugs, for various reasons in various professions, not just airlines. I mean, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, that doesn't mean that there's not some efficacy for this kind of stuff. Uh, to be utilized. Um, I, you know, if and, and there are opportunities. Sure, you could find bad examples of things being abused in any way and in every society, including, for example, today, guns. But that doesn't mean that you eliminate the opportunity or the possibility that other people can be, uh, you know, can be helped by that without going over the edge and jeopardizing everybody else. That does, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. With the Oxycontin, they put time-released formula into it, and uh, people like the high, so they start buying heroin then. They're well... I mean, look, we're talking about gateways and everything else. Uh, you know, sure, some people are going to be affected by that stuff. But do you know how many people are living in pain today because of this this ignorant crackdown on um, the ability to prescribe uh, OxyContin as a painkiller? I've taken Oxy. I have a broken back. I have taken Oxy. Never abused it. Took me years to use my prescription that was supposed to last uh, a month or two, and uh, and only used it when I needed. Was it great? Sure, it was great. Did I go to heroin? No. Some people 
Yes, some people are weak. Some people make the things. But again, to throw out a whole class of drug, to throw out and to vilify a whole group of people who are living in pain uh, because, you know, you've got a few out there who are bad apples for not prosecuting the doctors who are or the pill, the pill pushers who are making money, you know, issuing scripts to people who obviously don't need it. I mean, there's a problem, right? There's a huge problem here. But again, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's what we've done. The oxy thing is the same thing. There are people out there who have chronic pain and could use it. So uh, it, 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 those arguments don't phase me, Carlene. I appreciate it. I got to go. I got one more call here. I haven't gotten to my Hawaii story yet. Let's see what this other caller has to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Mike. It's Fred. How you been? Hey, Fred. What's on your mind, my friend? We got about four minutes. Okay, we'll, we'll try to make it quick. Uh, yeah, this whole thing with the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, using the hallucinogens and the, you know, the mind-altering, uh, mind-altering uh, drugs. The whole thing with, uh, you know, the in PTSD. You got to look at. You got to take it on a case-by-case basis. I mean, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. The guy up in Lewiston, Maine, that nut job, the military nut job who did the damage up there, I mean, you know, they're screaming. First of all, it's a beyond red flag. This is a screaming at the top of your lungs. Keep, get, do something with this guy. Get him off the street. If he has weapons, definitely get him and get him out of the hands. This is, you know, this nut job. But, uh, you know, apparently, you know, this is, this is a problem we have because they're not taking it on a case-by-case basis. In his case, absolutely, positively, no way he should be within 100 yards of anything that goes bang or anything else for that matter. You know, and, and then again, in other cases, you know, they're perfectly benign. They're not, they're not a threat to anybody or themselves or anybody else. It's just one of those things. But you got to take it on a case-by-case basis. But they don't do that. They always want to take the low-hanging fruit and hang everybody with the same rope and let God sort it out later on. Well, that's, 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 not a, that's not a solution. That's no answer. That's no way of doing things. But this is the way these lazy SOBs work. They just want to take it the easiest way out. And they don't care who they step on or damage or right. rights, you know, deny right. rights. Or, it's a blanket you know, prohibition that affects everyone. That, that's garbage, you know. Right. This, this, this is a problem with society. It's lazy, no good SOBs who don't do their job. Well, it becomes down to a blanket prohibition that affects everyone, but actually only affects the law-abiding, right? Which is not the problem in the first place because it was exactly. the it was the criminals that started it all. Exactly. But now they're like, oh, these bad guys did it, so now we're going to have this blanket policy that affects everyone except for the criminals who ignored the law in the first place. So they've just doubled down on the stupid at this point. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Well, um, well, speaking of stupid, I mean, the best thing they could do with uh, Joe Biden and his, his, his gun violence policy, they should surgically have his mouth... Close, shut down, stone <laughs> shut. Because every time he opens it up, he sticks both of his feet in it. Before he can say anything, he's got to spit them out. So you know the guy, the guys, the guy causes. He's causing a lot of problems. He's violating a lot of rights that shouldn't be violated, and he's destroying this country one day at a time. You know, and he's yep. just lying, no good. You know, pizza work. Well, I I don't even. I think he believes most of the stuff he says. He just can't remember the other half of why he shouldn't be saying well, I'm sure it. So he you know, yeah. <laughs> dementia i'm surprised he can yeah. realize anything at all yeah i don't think i just don't think he remembers what he said yesterday uh so he believes it today maybe yesterday he believed something completely different he just doesn't remember at this point 
All right. Well, thank you, Fred, uh, for calling well, in. Say, he, he, he's, he's just following somebody else's narrative. You know, I mean, that, 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 that's obvious. That goes, that goes without saying at this point. I feel like, you know, you, you could be right. I feel like somebody's he's like a wind-up doll. Somebody winds him up and points him in the right direction and says, go, Joe. And then when he runs down, they go wind him up again. I feel like that's probably close to the but, truth. You know, the, crazy, the crazy part is he's got, he, he's, he's got all the lunatic followers that sit there and take it for gospel, everything he says, and follow, and follow the narrative to, well, the, that's, know, to the nth degree. That's, and look, that's by, not, know, by the look, that's not strictly a Biden that's problem. problem. That's not strictly a Biden problem. Trump's got some of the same stuff happening around him as well, Fred. I, 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 I think that's true. All right, thank you so much. We got to go. Hour two, dead ahead. Okay, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about what I wanted to talk about. Let me go back over here. Um, microdosing. I mean, that's the thing. We're talking about my, <clears throat> we are talking about microdosing. Um, Leela said, and I wanted to get into this. Uh, she said, I'm pretty much a second amendment absolutist, but I think people taking drugs for anything, I think is what she says, schools, but I think it's predictive. I think she says taking drugs for anything should lock up their guns and give someone else the key until it's completely out of their system. MDMA too. Remember the pilot who nearly brought the jet down. These drugs are dangerous and shouldn't be mixed with firearms. Well, again, uh, while I agree that people should be taking responsibilities to secure their stuff and everything else, I mean, same thing about alcohol. I mean, should they have to lock their, should they, if they want to go have a drink, should they have to lock all their guns up in a cabinet and give the key to somebody else? Should they, you know, if they're doing any, if they are on painkillers, should they be, I have to do that? I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying people need to take responsibility for their own actions, right? That's the thing. People need to be, take responsibility for their own actions. If you are using mind altering substances in any way, you probably shouldn't go out to the range that day. You know, you probably shouldn't be toting around fully loaded guns in your car. If you're, you know, you shouldn't be, why are you driving your car? I, there's a whole bunch of different things that I'm at questions that I'm asking here. I agree with you, but again, they shouldn't be forced to lock up their guns. That should be a personal decision until they violate somebody else's rights. That should be a personal thing. That's just, it's just my thought on it. Um, police are not there to protect you. It's their responsibility to investigate after the law. That's hundred percent true. That's that's there's that's court court doctrine, court standing. Um, being learn the self defense laws thoroughly. Being a vigilante is an illegal recourse. Nobody here is advocating being a vigilante. You have a duty to retreat only if you are uh, in a public space. If you're on your own private property, you have no duty to retreat. Um, but that's that's you have no duty to retreat in that case. If you're in a public space, you have a duty to retreat to the best of your ability. Um, let me determine if drugs are dangerous for me, says Tyler. That's what I'm saying. I guess that's Tyler just summated my whole um and ah uh and uh part there by saying, let me determine if the drugs are dangerous for me. There you go. 
Uh, would you argue that women who have recently given birth have to surrender their guns because postpartum depression is a thing? Ooh, damn, Brian. Target acquired. Target locked. Target destroyed. Uh, how's that for triggering? I think Brian is hashtag savage. <laughs> savage. Um, yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I agree. I think both Brian and Tyler today win the internet. And uh, I think there you go. And take their cars away too, says Bill. Because if they're to, I mean, you could really run some people over if that's the case. All right. Uh, okay, where are we here? Um, I guess that's it. I guess I got all caught up. I, But you guys have been kind of quiet here since I went on the phone calls. Um, uh, Brian is ungovernable, says Terry. Yes, yes, he is. Postpartum suicide is a thing, says Jeannie. Yes, I mean, I got that, but that's the point. So you're saying, yes, you would have women surrender their guns after giving birth because of postpartum. So you that's you forced by law, Jeannie, is that what you're saying? You would support the lawful confiscation of firearms from a woman who has given birth and could possibly be suffering from postpartum depression. Is that what you're saying? If they have postpartum. So if they have postpartum, she says, then police can come in, knock on your door, take your guns away until they deem that you're ready again to deal with it. Is that what you're saying? I mean, <clears throat> no, I'm just saying no. Uh, you know, I mean, while I appreciate it, I agree that it's a real problem. I agree that it is potentially bad. But, no. I'm not giving the government the authority to make that decision for me or my wife or anybody else. I am not going to give them that decision. That's something we're going to decide for ourselves. Sorry. I'll just, no. No and no. 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 Sorry. Nope. Well, and it's fine. If you're going to involuntarily commit somebody, that's one thing. But if somebody simply has depression and suicidal thoughts, that's another. Because that does happen. Sometimes you get suicidal ideation, right, in depression. I've got family members who suffered from depression. I know this. But no. I'm not giving the government more authority to come in simply because somebody has some depressive issues. Again, that goes right back to what we were talking about with the veterans. Not seeking treatment because they're afraid of losing their rights. You know? Yeah, what about PMS, says Brian? Is that in potentially grounds for severing rights? Ooh, baby. That's also shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. All right. We're going to be back. Don't go anywhere.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning. Welcome to Hour 2 of the big radio broadcast. We're just, um, we just, I mean, we just rushed, crushed through a uh, uh, first hour of the program. And here we are uh, jumping into Hour 2. Joining us here in just a few minutes, Top Shot Chris Chang is going to be with us. Uh, Top Shot champion from season four of that History Channel show, Top Shot. Uh, and he's going to talk with us about, well, I don't know what he's going to talk with us about. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in Hawaii, because he's also the president of the Asian Pacific, uh, of the Asian Pacific American Asian Gun Owners Association. I'm sure I butchered that horribly. But since, uh, you know, there's a lot of those folks in Hawaii, maybe he can tell us what he thinks. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I would love to love to see what he has to uh, love to see what he has to say about what's going on in Hawaii over that. Then at the end of the show today, of course, we're going to be joined by <clears throat> Willie Waffle for Waffle Movies, the entertainment review, uh, all the stuff. It's going to be it'll be fun. We will uh, we will enjoy it, and uh, you'll like it, or else. That's what I'm saying. Um. Okay. So, hey, we got into a little bit of a heated argument. Uh, not a heated, uh, not an argument per se, but a, um, uh, but a discussion. And I do want to address this just because, uh, uh, uh I don't, um, because Jeannie in the chat room just said I'm not a retard, Michael, and I just, uh, first of all boy, I hope I didn't put it across that that's what I thought. That was not what I thought. Uh, it's not, it was not my intention. I just simply disagree that there needs to be any more power in the hands of the government than there should be already. And maybe we're just talking about a differences of degree. We were talking about whether or not people uh, should have their guns removed from their home if they are taking specific courses of um, you know, medicine, depression, uh, you know, Larry was talking about the veterans last hour who lost their gun rights because they sought treatment for PTSD and they were later, then they were denied their right to keep and bear arms because they had suffered from depression and PTSD and suicidal thoughts. And they had, it was nearly impossible to get those rights back, which in turn was then forcing people away from the actual treatment because they, too, didn't want to lose their gun rights, even though they were suffering. 
that started the whole conversation. So then we started talking about, you know, well, what maybe we should be locking up certain uh, certain things. Leela in the chat room said that anybody taking any kind of drugs for anything should lock up their guns and give someone else the key until it's completely out of their system. Okay. I mean, we're not talking about giving it to the government, but you give it to a friend or maybe you just lock it down and you have, you know, you know, people drink all the time, drink to excess all the time. Uh, and they seem to be able, for the most part, to be able to keep their guns out of it. Uh, it does happen occasionally. You get the occasional drunken, I shot myself in the foot kind of thing, or I shot through the wall to the neighbor's house. It does happen. But again, you're probably right. The best bet is to put yourself away from that kind of stuff. And that got into a question of uh, whether or not we should uh, be taking things from people um, based on their, um, you know, based on, you know, what their mental state is or what they're suffering from. And so, so Brian asked, would you argue that women who recently have given birth have to surrender their guns because postpartum depression is a thing? To which Jeannie had said, yes, uh, she would. She would support that. Um, if it's depression and it's diagnosed, if they have postpartum, then yes. To which I said, no, I believe no. I believe that's something that, you know, her, her family, people around her, I mean, they need to work on those things. Now, if we're talking about involuntary commitment, which is a much higher standard than just a depression diagnosis, that's one thing. I mean, there's a big hurdle to cross with involuntary commitment. But if you're just talking about people who get depressed or who get diagnosed with a depression, even depression with suicide ideation, that doesn't mean that you need to send the jackbooted thugs to their house to take the guns. That, that, that should not be, unless they've reached that level of involuntary commitment or you've got some kind of order in place to prevent that, I am just not a fan of that. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think you're retarded, Jeannie. That's not what I was saying. I just disagree. Um, that's, that's, that's my problem. And possessing a firearm while intoxicated is already a crime. Right, exactly. That's my whole point. People know this stuff already. So if they're going to take drugs, do they need to come seize your car so you can't drive? These not only seize your firearms, they're going to seize your car, they're going to seize, you know, your credit card so that you can't. I mean, at what point do we not take responsibility for our own actions and everything that's going on around us? Again, uh, not, you know, the, this is a uh, this is just one of those things where I believe we have to have a level of uh, we have to have a level level of independence from governmental control to be able to make mistakes for ourselves. And I'm not, you know, if somebody, you know, if somebody kills themselves or something like this, it's tragic. Not I'm not saying it's not. But the fact that, you, you know, people would say, well, just because they have a depression, we need to go into their homes and take everything and. That's family members. People who are around them should be able to talk with them or work with that. To have the the government come in, and maybe I'm not talking about an involuntary commitment situation. I'm just saying average depression or whatever. That's that's problematic. I just it, the whole thing is problematic for me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know, is it just menopause? Is it just postpartum? Is it you know? <laughs> 
Brian says, is it PMS? Is it, I mean, is it people who are just lost their jobs or the, you know, the guy who had, there's so many things going on here. So many things. But the answer to me is never to look to the government and say, come in and save me for myself by taking away all my guns. I just, I just never believed. Um, I just never believe that that is a, a a good answer to anything. All right, uh, let's go over to the phones real quick. I got somebody on hold, and I know we're going to talk to Chris Chang here in just a few minutes. So let's uh, let's jump over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. This is Elena from Anchor Point. Hey, Elena. What's on your mind? Well, um, just kind of wanted to voice. My, I guess you can say, experience, and you'll have to forgive me because I get emotional. That's okay. Um, Go ahead. A friend of mine was hurting. A friend of mine was hurting pretty bad, long time back in around 2000, um, end of 2000, because his uh, wife had left him. Basically, threw him out of the house while he was out of town, burying one of his brothers, and um refused to let him see his kids and all of that. And he got depressed, wanted to start dating because we had dated at one time. Um, and let me say that he left, uh, his wife threw him out about six months um, before we even started, went on one date. And um, anyways, he wanted to get back together because we ended up realizing that dating was not working out and we just wanted to be friends. And he got depressed, and I kept telling him, you know, hey, you've got so much to live for. You know, be there for your kids when they turn 18 and they want to come looking for you. And he had a bunch of guns. He was a hunter. He was a very avid hunter, very um, protective of um, his guns, very knowledgeable, and um, he's very responsible. So responsible to the fact that towards the end of the year, he said that there was a lot of break-ins around the neighborhood where he was living, that he needed me to hold on to his guns for him until he, you know, could get something situated or make sure it was safe. I said, okay, not a problem. So I held on to his, all of his guns. Little did I know that in that talk where he said he was depressed, that happened in October. We had dinner in December. He made me dinner one night where I went over and we were talking. And um, in, let's see, my birthday is just after Christmas, and he called me wanting his guns back. It's okay, not a problem. It's safe. You know, I'll give you your guns back. You're doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Okay. New Year's Day, he had called me, and I'd been out of the house all day long because I had a job to where we rotated. I worked at a vet's office, a veterinarian's office, and we rotated kennel responsibilities and patient responsibilities. Right, right. Um, and um, so I get there, get home, hear the message, call him back, and he goes, hey, you take care of yourself. And the way he said it, I thought, man, that's weird. All right, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Next day, I found out that he killed himself. So if you're the one holding the guns for your friend, don't blame yourself. 
because he he planned this. Right. He planned what he was doing from the start. Right. So, um, well, you know, giving your gun to a friend is not always going to work. No, because you can change your mind and, you know, you can make decisions. And, you know, if somebody has made that decision, you're not going to stop them. Guns are just the easiest way in many cases to make that happen. So, yes, exactly. don't don't blame yourself. Um, exactly. Uh, but also, uh, like oh, you did, check but in. Just, yeah, it, yeah. Like, but also, know. like you did, check in on your friends and say, are you all right? Are you okay? Before I give you these back, is everything okay? Uh, he obviously was already had a plan in place, so... You can't blame yourself, and people shouldn't. But yeah, well, definitely. I, I appreciate. Oh, uh, I know, but that, I just wanted to say, you know, that's not always going to be the case. And you guys really, if you're going to do that, if you're planning that, check in on your friends and constantly, and not just say, "Yeah, I'm fine." No, really, how are you doing? What is going on? Right. Exactly. And just be that advocate for them. So, anyways, uh, I just wanted to give you my experience that that line of help doesn't always work but know that you're doing your best and just because someone is hurting um it doesn't mean that they're gonna physically hurt others with their gun i guess is what i'm trying to right well i mean that's all we can do all we can do is our best here that's all, and you did your best, and that's that's all we can do. Yep. Hey, I appreciate you calling in and sharing your experience. Thank you for uh, being part of it today. That takes us right down to the break. We got to go. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Luke Show continues. Uh, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, season four up next. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Oof. That was was tough. Um, Um... Tyler... Again, uh, hits it right on the head. 380 million. Is it 380? I thought it was 360. Anyway, whatever. Over 300 million people in this country. The actions of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction shouldn't change the rights. I think he meant shouldn't instead of should. Shouldn't change the rights of the rest of us. And that's, that's what I've always said. You know, when you look at the number of homicides in America, each and every one is a tragedy. But even at the latest count, you know, something like 14,000 homicides, right, of all kinds, 11,000 of them committed with firearms. But 14,000 out of 320 or 40 or 60 million people, there's a lot of decimals and zeros in there to get to the percentile of where you're at. I mean, yes, it's everyone's a tragedy, but to put a blanket, to put a blanket out there, and like I said, in most cases, the blanket is the the, the triggering. You <laughs> see how I did there? The triggering of that is because a criminal did something bad. Bad people did something bad, so now we need to lay this blanket law down on everybody, and that'll fix it. Except for the person who was the criminal who broke the law in the first place, they don't really even care. So again, you have a fraction of a fraction 
of a fraction. What is, now I got to figure out, let me just say 360 million, give me a calculator. Now I'm, I, I did this number one time and we talked about it, but I don't remember right off the top of my head. Where is the, push the button for the calculator. There we go. Okay. Um, so, um, oh, what is that a division? That's division, right? So, um, 14,000, uh, divided by 320, two, three, one, two, three, 320 million point zero 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 four percent that's four zeros after the decimal point zero 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 four percent that you're 100 percent right i mean that is that you know you just shouldn't we should not be regulating the entire populace off the actions of less than 0.0004% of the population. That is just not, just shouldn't happen. But there you go, right? Oh, but all these people who commit suicide, people who commit suicide and have decided to commit suicide are going to do it. Guns are easier than in many cases than other things, but... They're not the only way. Japan has a higher rate of suicide than anywhere in the West, and they have no firearms whatsoever. Um, Jeannie says, um, all homicides are caused by one or more people causing the death of another. Some actors are bad people. Some are in a bad in emotional place. I agree. I 100% agree. But again, when you look at the entire homicide list from the Uniform Crime Report, and you say, you know, it's 15,000 people out of 320 million, and you get down to that four zeros after the decimal, we should not be penalizing 99.99996, right, percent of the population because of the 0.0004% of people who've done bad things. It's just, that's just, that's just it right there. That's it in a nutshell. All right, Chris Chang is uh, in the green room. I could see him right now. We got to get over to him here. Boy, he's in that nice house again. He keeps moving around to that nice, nice house. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I was counting uh, the number of zeros that you you spelled out, and, and there are indeed four zeros um, before the before the four. So point zero zero zero. Zero four. Yeah, hard to count. It is hard to count. Uh, you got a bit of an echo. I don't know if you can bring your microphone any closer to you here, but you're echoing pretty. Bad. Yeah, that's me forgetting to bring my microphone. Yeah. There you go. There you go. In front of me. Thank you. That's 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 what friends are for. You're a hey, good friend. I'm only here to help. I'm only here to help. All right, we're <laughs> we are uh, we're five seconds out. Here we go. Jumping back into it. Chris Chang, the Michael Duke Show. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yep, it's assault radio, man. Chris, how do you feel about being part of Assault Radio? I mean, 
I, I, I've heard somebody's feelings out here somewhere. I think that's it. show me on the show me on this doll, Chris, where I've hurt you. Where it hurt? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just uh, it, right, right, right here, and and, and yeah. right here, and on the little uh, right lobe it, on my ear. Right. Also, I just saw my, it hurt. It, it hurt me here in my heart, just a little bit. It hurt me, my feels, my feels. Uh, Chris and I were just chatting because uh, I was in the chat room and I was talking about the instances of, uh, you know, this we were talking about, again, this blanket policy. And it happens in a lot of things, but guns particular, particularly where they say we've got to pass this new law. We've got to pass this new law because of this bad thing that somebody did. Now, first and foremost, the bad thing that somebody did is usually committed by a criminal, sometimes by somebody who's in a bad emotional space, but usually by a criminal. And so now you need to pass this blanket law. That affects everyone, oh, except for the criminal, because they don't obey the law to begin with. So I guess that doesn't really matter. But I was talking about the actual instance. According to the Uniform Crime Report, there's something like 14,000 homicides in America. I think that was the 2021 numbers was the last numbers that I saw. But you've got a country of 320 million people with 14,000 homicides. So I just happened to pull up a little calculator and said, well, how how much of a percentile of the population is that? Each one's a tragedy. I don't want to, not trying to diminish each one of those homicides, but I'm saying statistically, how many 0.00004% of the population? So you're going to pass a law that affects 99.99996% of the population and it, it, it makes no sense. Chris? I know that was a hell of a way to join the show today, but I'll give you your give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree, and right that we're our country is in this place where we you know, have these knee jerk reactions, right? When when something bad happens, we must we, do, something. Quote, do we something. We must do right? something. We've got to do something, and and I mean, I I think many of us understand that impulse and that reaction, but it's it's not often a, a good reaction, right? To to be uh, so emotional about what we need to do. Um, and it's hard to balance, right? Because yeah, a lot of these tragedies, right? These homicides are, are tragic. Um, and of course, like we empathize with, with the victims. Um, and, and sometimes I think, at least for me personally in life, like there's just sometimes bad things that, that happen. Um, and we already have laws in place, right? To uh, quote, prevent these things from happening in the first place. And I mean, the laws, um, right, are, are, are there. So when bad things do happen, that people are held accountable and punished for their actions. And so I know that maybe isn't satisfying for a lot of people. But for me, I mean, that's just that's the way our society's set up now. I mean, of course, we should try and prevent tragedy from happening. But changing the law, um, especially in a way that disproportionately impacts law abiding citizens is not the way to go about it. No, exactly, because that's all you're impacting, because that's the easiest lever for them to pull is a new law, right? That's the to show that they're doing something. That's the easiest lever is we'll just make a law, not address the deeper issue, not address the societal issue, uh, the mental health issue, the broken family issue, the rise in crime issue, the gang culture issue, all these other things that are parts and pieces of it. Those are hard. The easy thing is just to pass another law. Um, and, and again, an assault weapons ban is just the dumbest thing ever, because, again, of those 14,000 homicides that I talked about, only 400 of them are committed with long rifles, with long guns, of which we're talking about all long guns, not just 
not just evil black rifles. We're talking about hunting rifles, squirrel rifles, lever actions, every rifle. So 400 out of 320 million people, I don't even know how many zeros that is. But again, we're going to pass this one blanket law that's going to affect millions of law-abiding citizens because of the effect of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentile of people. It makes no sense. But again, it's about the feels, not the facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I, an interesting uh, decision that came down a few days ago was the uh, Jennifer Crumbly case out of Michigan. I don't know how much you've, you've talked we about We haven't this. talked about that today, but it's definitely on my list of to talk to things about things. Yeah, I mean, briefly, right, this is the mother of the school shooter in Michigan from a few years ago, and a jury just found the mother of the school shooter to be guilty um, of, uh, let's see, involuntary manslaughter and basically saying, well, she was complicit in the crime because uh, there are a lot of warning signs that that the mother and the father of the shooter missed. Um, and so right, it, set, it might be setting this new precedent that parents uh, can be held responsible for the actions of their children, right. um, especially when in the context of, of school shootings. Um, I mean, some of the evidence is pretty damning. Um, for instance, you know, the mother was the last person to have the gun and it was not secured, right? And she took her son to the shooting range and the son had mental health issues and was reported, you know, to um, mental health counselors at the school repeatedly. Right. Um, and she wasn't remorseful <laughs> and she was not a sympathetic character at yeah. all on the stand. So, um, you know, this, this, you know, I, I come from a place where look, like if, if you are a gun owner, you have to securely store your firearms, um, either from unauthorized individuals or from, of course, from people who, you know, whether these people are your children, right? If they're unstable, right? right? I now, mean, that's your duty as, as a parent. I'm definitely concerned about it. She is not a sympathetic figure in this case. And it's, and it's unfortunate because I am a little bit concerned about the precedent here. Um, because what if, somehow your kid knows your your safe code maybe you try to keep it from them but kids are kids right i mean they're gonna find you know they so what if they found the safe code and got in and then go and shoot somebody i mean you had it in a safe you had it unloaded you had all the things is it still i i'm a little concerned about the precedent with it but again <laughs> this was not the test case to have on this because this chick was totally i mean they made some serious errors here but it is it is troubling uh for sure on that uh to to talk about that yeah, I mean, the, to the to your point, right? What is the threshold for negligence, right? It's 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 this kind of um, gray area, but I guess that's where the subjectivity of uh, of, of a judge and jury comes in uh, to determine. Hey, did a parent uh, did they do all did they do enough reasonable things, right, to prevent their child from gaining access to a firearm? You know that 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 can be pretty subjective. In, in this case, it seems like uh, it, it was pretty clear cut. Um, right. But you know there are other cases. You know the Ethan Song uh, incident from uh, a number of years ago. Um, long story short, right? Ethan Song is a teenager. He went to his friend's house uh, after school, and that friend got out uh, his father's gun that was just in a shoebox, you know, with with ammunition. And they were playing around with the gun, and, and the kid accidentally shot and killed Ethan Song. Right. And, you know, the father, right, the, of course, got sued, but he ended up uh, not getting convicted. 
Right. And, um, you know, there was a lot of evidence that said, hey, right, that the father should have uh, better stored his firearm. Um, and of course, you know, the, the Song family was, um, I would say, rightfully upset right. at the uh, jury's decision. And so now they're on a, a national campaign to pass, you know, safe storage laws, which I, I, I disagree with on, um, on, on a number of principles. But I understand, right, like they obviously want to do something. It's, it's a very sad and tragic story. And, and maybe circling back to the earlier point, when tragedy strikes, there is this reaction to, quote, do something. Right. Even if the thing may not be enforceable, it may not be effective, but there's all these feel goods, <laughs> these good feels that, that go around saying we passed a state law or a national law, right, for you know, safe storage. Um, even when the safe storage laws may may not, again, right, you can't enforce them. Who's going to go into your home, right, and, and check that you're securing right. your weapons in a certain way? It's only going to come out after the fact, right, if something bad happens. Um, but uh, but this is this is uh, this is the world that we live in, right? And uh, it takes us being aware of what's going on. And um, right, I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is our country, right? This is our society. We all as citizens have a say in how we run our business. Uh, but the only way that we do that is if we're informed and then we get involved and engaged in the decision making. And we process. keep and we keep the government out of the process. That's the problem. They've inveigled their way into almost every aspect of our lives to these days. And and it's almost impossible to exercise uh, your freedoms in a lot of cases. And that's a I mean, that's a tough situation as well. Dang, Chris, this is fast because we're down to the last 90 seconds or here. So um, but uh, have you talked? Did you see the Hawaii case? Can you give me your 60-second synopsis of what you think of the Hawaii case? Yeah, right. the the Hawaii case, yeah, it was interesting. Right? They basically said that the state constitution doesn't have any provision uh, for individuals uh, to, to right, uh, carry a weapon out, uh, you know, how, carry a weapon out in public, and that goes uh, straight, it flies straight in the face of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the Hawaii uh, decision here is going to go right up, I think, against the Supreme Court's oh, man. Uh, I, determination. I just, not even that. I mean, they have a their Constitution has a Second Amendment that is the exact wording of the federal Constitution. And then they basically said in their decision, well, the federal courts were wrong on Heller, McDonald and Bruin. Sorry. I mean, they're setting themselves up for something. This is a big deal. I think I think they're going to get slapped down pretty hard, and that could uh, set set another precedent at the state level. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, with Hawaii. Talk, I mean, because if that if that argument's true, then I guess no more no more taxes in in uh, Hawaii, right? No more income tax because they don't have yeah. a, they don't have a Fourteenth Amendment. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, thank you so much. Hold the line, folks. We'll be back with more Willie Waffle up next. Jeannie brings an interesting dis uh, dis uh, talking point here, Chris, and I agree with her on this. You know, talking about the the mom in Michigan who's on thing, she goes, "If that's the case, why aren't the feds who are in charge of keeping their eye on the Parkland shooter should they be bring up on charges?" I mean, he had a dozen interactions with the FBI and like twenty interactions with local law enforcement, or the guy at the Silverland Sp Sutherland Springs shooting who. His DD-214 wasn't typed into the NICS system, and so he went and shot up all the church guys. Shouldn't, should they be held for negligent homicide, for failing to do their job? I mean, 
slippery slope, yada yada yada. But I mean, I think that's yeah. a, I think that's an interesting an interesting argument if that's the case. Yeah, and it it definitely is a slippery slope. And you know, I think the the only way that we will see what the boundaries are of um, sort of this whole dynamic is, I mean, I hate to say it, like there's just going to have to be more instances where uh right prosecutors either decide or or don't decide to bring charges uh, against parents or yeah gun shop employees etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean we kind of see we've seen many lawsuits um uh against firearms manufacturers right um where right victims of uh, shootings right try and sue firearms manufacturers right for 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 their products right, being right. responsible their right lawful for, for products the their lawfully sold products are being indicted in this kind of stuff. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, but I, I think uh, logic at least can tell us, well, the a firearms manufacturer is so many steps removed, right, from uh, right a product getting, you know, uh, put in someone's, uh, a shooter's hands. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like, but parents, like, that is, that is not many steps, right, re far removed, right, from uh, a school, you know, school shooter, um, but yeah, I mean, right? How many how many kind of layers away do we go here, right? Is it yeah, FBI, um, you know, kind of surveillance, like was mentioned, or you know, gun shop employee negligence? Um, yeah, those are great questions and and definitely uh, real concerns. Well, because again, they continually hold these laws up as a way that if we had just done this, this wouldn't have happened. Well, we know it would have happened because here's examples of an exact thing happening, even if the most of the laws that are suggested after these mass shootings, generally speaking, would never have stopped any of them. But they use it as an excuse to do something right. Um, mm -hmm. But exactly when even when the system is in place and you have these failure points, nobody's held accountable. Nobody is held. Nobody's held accountable. Nobody's to blame. And they just like, oh, OK, and they move on. Right. And that's that's the tragedy in these situations that could have been stopped, that could have been stopped. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, a, a big part of stopping bad things in general from happening in communities is communities have to look after your own community. And, you know, if we take a big step back from everything, you know, there, there's a there's a little bit of uh, what I actually consider a, a positive trend of people getting off of their devices right getting off of social media <laughs> uh reducing their screen time and spending more time in person right socializing and interacting with actual real human beings versus whoa. the digital whoa virtual reality i don't i don't reality. do i don't do people man i mean i don't do people <laughs> yeah right but you know as we as, as you know we're out of the pandemic right people like social life is you know definitely you know kind of really back to normal which is just great and, and i think people are really appreciating uh the you know how much we were missing right a lot of the the social yeah. contact and interaction and you know the hard work here is when i see somebody in my community that is struggling that instead of ignoring them how do I get them the help that they need? Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you one really quick example. We, we have a homeless drug addict on, on my street here in San Francisco. He's, he's a known quantity. He just, he, he needs help, right? He's been arrested multiple times. He lights fires on my neighbor's driveways and, and their porches. He's, the cops have been called many times. There was a weapon present a few months ago and the whole block was closed. I mean, this is kind of crazy stuff. I live in a nice neighborhood. 
but um, we're having to get a temporary restraining order on the guy because that's what law enforcement has told us needs to happen in order for us to the neighborhood to create leverage to get him arrested more so then eventually he can get committed by the state so he can get help. Now, we're all willing to jump through all these hoops because look, the end goal here is we need to get this guy help because also he's terrorizing the neighborhood, but right, really it's about we need to get this guy help. And if we ignore the problem and don't do anything, it's not gonna solve itself, right? The government's definitely not gonna come in and solve this this one guy you know, for us. Like we as the neighbors and neighborhood we're, we're having a bond together and and yeah everything we're doing is in the service of getting this guy the help that he needs so i i really i actually am optimistic that our country is it's on a, we're on a slow trajectory right. of moving more in that direction where again is we're all getting back out in the world you know full blast like we're, we're gonna we're gonna get back to caring for each other and uh yeah again getting people the doing, help that they need doing the hard thing instead of doing the easy thing, right? D tackling the issues of mental health, tackling those issues of of violence and the broken homes and the gang culture and everything. Those are the things that we need to attack. Those are the things that we need to, to lock onto. Uh, and I'll say for those of us who believe that the government shouldn't be involved and we shouldn't rely on the government, right, to, to solve these problems for us, well, if we're not going to rely on the government, then who are we going to rely on? Right. And for a lot of us, the answer is, well, it's 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 me. It's you. It's the person taking personal responsibility of these issues, right, that are affecting yourselves and, and your neighbors uh, and your family and friends. So, you know, this is a literal get off your ass moment, right, and go help your community and go solve the problem so everybody can live a better life. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion. Thank you, my friend. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I look forward to talking. We're going to talk about Hawaii next time, okay? We'll do that. We'll, we'll be back. Very uh, good. Thank you so much, my friend. Happy Thanks New Year. Thanks for today. Thanks for coming on. Folks, we're out of time. Uh, my phone is buzzing. It's time to get to it. Let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Here we go. Okay, the weekend is here, but it's got to start with a little bit of waffle. Willy Waffle, WaffleMovies.com comes on board to share with us all the weekend good stuff. Let's get right into it, shall we? Get started. Hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here to give you all the entertainment options you have if you don't want to watch the Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah, because, I mean, I, yeah. All right, so that's fine. That'll be good. That'll be good. That'll be good. Well, let's start off with some news. Uh, I guess um, I do want to mention this. Uh, Duff Goldman, who we love from Charm City Bakery, uh, you know, he just, you know, he's ace of cakes. The guy is just an amazing uh, chef, and he's been an amazing talent on the Food Network. He had a bit of a problem. Yeah, you know, he was actually uh, leaving LAX after uh, coming home from a trip, and uh, he got hit by another car head on. And, uh, you know, luckily he, he's okay, but um, he suffered injuries to his right hand, which is kind of a big deal when you're a baker and you need that hand for all the things that he uses it for. Yeah. Uh, now, he's claiming that it was a drunk driver. 
Uh, he says that, you know, that this guy came around the corner uh, before Duff could even see him and he was in the wrong lane and he hit Duff. And uh, and now, uh, you know, now we've got our, our chef trying to figure out how bad is his hand because he says, you know, he, he, he really can't use it right now. And uh, he's going to probably need some some help, uh, maybe some therapy, maybe some surgery. I mean, this is like what happened to, to Buddy. Buddy right, Castro, right, right? right, right, yeah, no, yeah. This is uh, this is definitely not the thing. The only thing worse was if you were a surgeon to lose your hand like that, for sure. So that's uh, definitely a tough deal. We hope he gets better, but uh, we'll we get... do. Yeah. But you know, maybe what would happen is he would be like Doctor Strange. Because remember, Doctor Strange lost his hands. Maybe he and could that's get when super... he became Doctor Strange. He's going to go to yeah. Shambhala and get figure out all about his inner <laughs> self and get all these weird cakes that can be made from Mandela's and uh, Fibonacci sequences and everything else. <laughs> all right. Um, well, let's move over to Gina Carano. One of my, I really love her. She was great in The Mandalorian. She's had a couple good movies that she's done on her own. She, of course, is the WWE star who went on to become a. Um, a, uh, a movie star, uh, but she got summarily cut from The Mandalorian because she made some kind of social media post and uh, somebody there didn't like it. Even though Pedro Pascal was making similar posts on the opposite side of the fence, he didn't get fired. She did. But that's uh, about to come back to bite them. Yeah, Gina Carano is suing Disney uh, for wrongfully terminating her contract. And, uh, well, she's going to have a little bit of help because if you're going to take on a big company like Disney, you need some money bags behind you. You need some financial support. And hers is coming from Elon Musk, Ooh. who is uh, who is supporting her uh, supporting her her lawsuit as part of his pledge to help those uh, who who have had uh, discrimination. Uh, from posts that they may have put on Twitter or X. Now, the the, the weird thing here is Gita Carano's post was on uh, was on Instagram, right. uh, but I think you know Elon Musk has found his fight, right. if you will, and 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 it's an interesting one because I think you you hit it right on the head. So this is back in 2021, you know, and uh, she was let go. She had made uh, she had made a posting uh, saying that you know Republicans are 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 suffering like the Jews during the Holocaust. And, you know, this, of course, caused a great uproar. But this is also, like you said, this is after people like Pedro Pascal and Mark Hamill, other people on The Mandalorian, had been comparing uh, Donald Trump and his supporters to Nazis and Adolf Hitler. Yep. And uh, Gina Carano is saying, hey, e either we have free speech or nobody should say anything. You can't just get rid of me after these guys have said something that is very similar. And a lot and of and a lot of posts. Of that I saw an actual yeah. breakdown. Pedro Pascal made a half a dozen posts. And I like Pedro Pascal. And he's free to say whatever yeah. he wants. But he made a bunch of posts likening Hitler, you know, Nazis and Trump and and the border stuff and everything else. And 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 she made one post. And uh, this is after, by the way, that Disney forced her to scrub a whole bunch of stuff, including <clears throat> forcing her to unfollow, publicly unfollow several people that she had been following as part of her deal with a contract. And so it's just like, OK, this is just I mean, now you're I understand it's a free country. You can work for whoever you want. But if it's good for the goose, it's got to be good for the gander. Well, and I think that's the thing that she's going to argue that is that you do not have a fair uh, execution of the rules or a fair execution of of employment terms. Uh, you know, personally, I, I, I like honestly, I don't know why any 
any public figure who's an actor, actress, rock star would want to wade into most arguments that are happening out there right now. It's right. just not worth it. You know, I mean, there's all this talk that, oh, Taylor Swift has a duty to 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 come out and support President Biden. And I'm thinking, why? Because you know what? Republicans buy music, too. You yeah. know, it's kind of like the old saying, you know, why did Michael Jordan never support any Democratic candidates? Because Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yep, exactly. And, you know, you're in the business of making money and, and you know, you can have your beliefs and you can, you can stand up when it's right and you know i'm not saying that you can never stand up but you know i think in, in a lot of cases you know what everybody can have their beliefs and we can go vote and maybe we can all still get along somehow i yeah. know i'm crazy i'm naive like no that. i mean i think a lot of businesses should just stay out of it like i said i mean you know we're you you don't want to go one way or the other because you're going to alienate half the audience one time you know in one direction or the other so just stay in the middle do what you need to do you know, make your money. You're here to make sneakers or entertainment or whatever it is. Shut your pie hole and move on. In fact, that's a that's a that's a paraphrase, not a direct quote, obviously, of Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Stewart said something very similar. Like, I mean, why do we care what what uh, what actors think? And you know, why would I you know why would I alienate everybody for you know whatever? Anyway, so it's it's the same kind of thing, and I I dig it. I hope she may. I hope she makes some bank on it. I quite honestly, I hope I hope she does. Um, because you know, it's an interesting thing because you think that Disney would want to settle, but now that it's so public, they almost can't. Yeah, I mean, they would. Yeah, I think it it uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll have to see what they do. They may they may still settle. I know they they settled with ScarJo, right? So I mean, we'll. See. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of Mandalorian, one of my favorite characters in there is uh, Carl Weathers' character. Reed in the Rocky movies, but, um, you know, he passed away, which is uh, just unfortunate. I guess we've all got an expiration date, but uh, he's got one last job to do, though, before he goes off into the sunset. Well, yeah, this was, uh, you know, it, what what has happened has here is that, you know, before he passed away, uh, he was hired and filmed uh, parts of commercials for FanDuel for the Super Bowl. And it is a time sensitive commercial. So the if if you're not familiar with it in, in the commercials, he serves as kind of like this guide to football player Rob Gronkowski who is going to try to make a field goal before the Super Bowl, you know, kick a field goal. Right. And Carl Weathers has filmed or had filmed versions of what would play during the Super Bowl based on Gronkowski making it or missing it, which now you know, it seems like you really can't use that. And right, uh, right. so what they what they've done is they've gone back and, and he's still going to appear in the commercials and they've they've reworked it so that, you know, it'll be a little bit more sensitive to our reality that we now have. Uh, his family seems to be pretty happy with it. FanDuel seems to be pretty happy with it. I'm happy just to see him again because I just think he's an entertaining guy. Yeah. And when he showed up in those commercials, I laughed and I was like, here we go. Yeah, no, this should be good. <laughs> all right. Well, yep. His family is all it's also it has the support of his family, and of course, you know, you know, nice to for dad to be able to pay you beyond the grave. You know what I mean? So that's a that's a good deal. So we'll be we'll be looking for that as well. Um, anything else? Uh, you got some Disney news on top of that? Yeah, I. This is a really interesting. This was a big surprise. This was like a bombshell that just came out this week when they started preparing for the big quarterly calls that they do with all the finance groups. Um, there is going to be a Moana too. Now, we knew there was going to be a live-action version of Moana, which right. The Rock is, is working on, but there is going to be now 
an animated Moana 2 coming out November 27th of this year. It is happening. Wow. And everybody went, where did that come from? Because yeah. that I'm telling you, that may be the best kept secret in all of Disney. Uh, and, and there's a good reason behind this. I mean, here's the reason. This is this is the thing that really got me. I didn't realize this. Over the past two and three years, the movie Moana has been the most streamed movie in the world no like, like even <laughs> even years after it came out wow it has topped the streaming list for 2022 2023 i didn't go back i bet it probably did something in 2021 as well it, it is just the most popular movie around and and that sequel uh coming out in november that's a big payoff now the rock is going to be in it uh, also the original moana is going to be in it uh doing their voices and uh, the one piece that they're missing is Lin Manuel uh, Miranda is is not known to have written any of the music like he did for the first Moana movie. But hey, there's still some time. Yeah, we'll see what goes on. I will admit that's one of the few Disney movies over the last decade that I've watched uh, a couple times, in fact. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I, it's good. Good for them. Good for them watching it. You know, make it a little more money. That's how it works. All right, let's move on to the streams and the movies. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's let's let's. You want to go bottom to top? Let's I go bottom, go bottom, yeah, to, bottom top. to top. Yeah. Yep. And and that means you know if we're talking about the bottom, we're talking about the movie that nobody is going to see, nobody's seen a commercial for, and this movie will disappear as fast as humanly possible. That would be Lisa Frankenstein. Okay. Yes. Our our writer Diablo Cody is back, and then she has written a horror rom com movie set in the late eighties. With Catherine Newton, who's actually a very talented young actress, uh, playing this you know child of tragedy. Her mother was murdered by a serial killer. Um, her father has remarried to an awful, awful uh, you know stepmother, played by um, oh gosh, and I'm blanking on her all of a sudden. I I will remember her name, uh, but you know we've got her in here, and uh, we've also just got you know the horrible stepsister. And one night she wanders off to the uh, off to the the uh, the graveyard. And a zombie pops up, and they decide to team up. And she uses him to do her bidding to get revenge on everybody around her. <laughs> oh, jeez. This is horrifyingly bad. I mean, just like, first of all, we've seen this movie before. I mean, not only was it set in 1989, I'm pretty sure this was a movie in 1989, okay? I mean, it's just, it's an old, tired formula. You know, like, we're going to have the ironic music playing in the background of horrifying acts. We're going to have 80s clothing that no regular person actually wore in the 80s. I will testify to that. You will testify to that. Uh, you know, we've got horrible names for characters that are supposed to be funny because of how inappropriate they are. Right. Uh, but, you know, they're really the kind of thing that makes you giggle if you're a fifth grader. Uh, <laughs> and it just, it's not funny. It's not scary. It's not romantic. It's a half a waffle. Oh, half a waffle. Now, Diablo Cody, what else has she done? You, you said her name like Well, I'm she's the one who wrote Juno. Okay, all right. She wrote Juno, and and also Jennifer's body, and, and a couple other things. Uh, you know, a, a really oh gosh, she wrote uh, she wrote Tully, and and um, young adult, young adult, which for my money it was one of the best movies you can watch. If you want to see a good Diablo Cody movie, watch Young Adult with Charlize Theron. That is the movie you want to see. Okay, well, I watched Jennifer's Body. That's a that's actually my wife. She really loves that movie. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, let's move on to the next one then quickly. Uh, you, we're going to go one day, a new Netflix series, two college kids meet on the last day of school, and over the next 14. 
15 episodes, we see them checking in with each other on the same day every year for the next 20 years. And you know what? It's okay. I think that it's one of those movies where if I was young and full of angst and back in my 20s and trying to make my world, make my way through the world like these folks, I might relate to it more. But right now I just see, you know, kind of average stuff. Not a lot of sparks between the two lead actors, if you ask me. Uh, I feel like it's really drawn out. All 14 episodes are about a half an hour, but there's a lot of filler in there. Mm. I'm right now, I'm at like two waffles. Two? Boy, you, that sounded, I was expecting a one waffle thing there. Okay. Uh, interesting premise, but I don't know if that would be something that would cause me to click through to be like, oh, I'll watch that. I mean, I really don't care. Um, Alright, well that moves us over to the Idaho Murder Cyber Sleuth. All right, folks, that does it for today. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show